0: Hello and welcome back to Major League Talk Giants edition. Today is Monday, June 5th, 2023. My name is Henry Self. This is episode 20. And today we're going to be reviewing the series against the Baltimore Orioles. The black and orange against the black and orange. Uh, The 19th series of the season for the Giants came against a strong contender this year in the Baltimore Orioles, who are second in the AL East and would be first in the NL had they actually been in the NL. Uh, this series opened with a splash and looked like it was going to be the Giants series to win. Lamont Wade Jr. hit splash, hit 100 on the first pitch he saw leading off in the first inning of Game 1. However, it was a web start, which this season has shown a result in low offensive support from the Giants. The Giants dropped Game 1 three to 3-2. In Game 2, Cobb came out and spun another great game carrying a shutout into the eighth, and with a three-run third inning, the Giants shut out the Orioles' four to nothing to take game two. Game three, a wonderful day game, started with hope of taking the series. It ended with the Giants under 500 again. Dave Sclafani struggled with his command in a disastrous third inning, which saw the Orioles score six runs on three walks, a hit-by-pitch, four hits, and a sack fly sealed the fate of the Giants, who would only score three runs. The Giants dropped game three and in, and the series eight to three. The starters for each game were Kramer versus Webb, Bradish versus Cobb, and Wells versus Scafani. So game one, the Giants started Webb, who once again did not get much offensive support despite giving another quality start. Webb's final line was seven innings pitched, four hits, three earned, one walk, and six strikeouts. Unfortunately, he did give up a home uh, solo home run in the seventh, which would end up breaking the tie of the game for our lineup. He had Wade Jr. at first, who went one for four with a strikeout and a home run. Davis was at third. He went one for three with a strikeout and a run. Yaz was in right. He went one for four with an RBI. Hanniger was in left. He went one for four with a strikeout. Sable was DHing, 0 for four with three strikeouts. Schmidt at second, then would go to play shortstop. He went one for four with a strikeout. Bailey was catching. He went 0 for three with two strikeouts. Conforto would come in to pinch hit for his spot and he would go 0-for-1 with a strikeout. Crawford was at short. He went 0-for-1 with a strikeout, and then Slater, you know, walked, or excuse me, Crawford went 0-for-1 with a strikeout and a walk, and then Slater would pinch hit for him and then go to play center, and he went 0-for-1 with a strikeout. Wisely was in center, but then would go to play second, and he went 1-for-1 1 1 with a walk, and Flores would come in to pinch hit for his spot and then play second, and he would draw a walk. So the Giants hitters totaled six hits and 30 at-bats with 12 strikeouts, three walks. Tyler Rogers came on the eighth inning, getting a 1-2-3 inning via flyout, popout, and flyout. In the ninth, Brebbia came out to keep the game within reach for the offense. He did his job, getting a 1-2-3 inning as well with a strikeout, flyout, and groundout. The Giants did have an opportunity in the ninth when Schmidt hit a two-out double, yet Conforto came out to hit for Bailey and struck out on a 98-mile-an-hour four-seamer down the middle on a 3-2 count. The Giants also had a chance in the eighth when Flores walked and Davis got hit by a pitch with only one out, but Yaz grounded into a double play on a 2-1 sinker down low. The offense left five on base, going two for eight with runners in scoring position. Yaz had a two-out RBI. Yaz Schmidt and Wisely hit doubles, and Yaz ground to a double play. Bailey earned an error on a catcher's interference. The Giants scored on Wade Jr.'s leadoff home run, and then a Yaz RBI double. So for the pitcher report, we had Logan Webb. He threw 97 pitches in this outing on Friday, June 2nd. 45 change-ups, 40 sinkers, 10 sliders, and two four-seamers. His changeups averaged 87.6. His sinkers averaged 92.2. His sliders averaged 83.9. The sliders would go away from variety and the changeups, four seamers and sinkers would come in with those changeups having the most drop. As far as his distribution across the strike zone, not much of an overall pattern. Uh, hit the zone and then mainly stayed right around it. Uh, There were a couple that were up and into a righty and then down and away. But other than that, he threw 54 pitches in the strike zone and 43 out of the zone. Batters would swing at 51 of his pitches and take 46. They swung mostly at his changeups and took mostly sinkers. They also swung at both of those four-seamers. He threw 23 balls, 35 strikes. 23 of those strikes were called, and most of those were sinkers. And then he got 12 swinging and strikes, and most of those were changeups. Five sinkers were thrown in. Batters made contact on 39 of his pitches, 21 foul tips, most of those changeups, 14 hits for outs, and then four base hits. The four base hits were two changeups, one sinker, and one slider. He got 10 hard hits, five of which were ground balls, two were line drives, and then three fly balls. Calling the balls and strikes, Nick Marley. He has a 90% overall accuracy with a 93% overall consistency, plus 0.25 runs for San Francisco for his overall favor. Impactful missed calls. Bottom of the third, Kramer to Hanniger, Two outs, runner on second, 0-2 count. A strike is called a ball. Bottom of the fifth, Kramer to Wisely. No outs, runner on first, 1-0 count. Ball is called a strike. Top of the third, Webb to Rushman. No outs, bases empty, 0-1 count, ball is called a strike. His called ball accuracy was 96%. 3 of 85 called balls were true strikes. And his called strike accuracy, 80%. 10 of 50 called strikes were true balls. That's pretty abysmal. Don't want to see that many missed,
1: uh, missed calls there.
0: So that leads us into game two. So now the Giants are down 1-0 to the Orioles in this three-game set game. Two, Cobb came out and pitched another great game. He had three straight one, two, three innings between the first and the fifth and ultimately took a shutout to seven and two-thirds innings. His final line was 7.2 innings pitched, five hits, seven strikeouts, no walks. Uh, For our lineup, Wade Jr. was at first. He went two for three with a strikeout, two walks, and a run. Davis was at third. He went one for five with a strikeout, a run, and an RBI. Yaz was in center. He went one for three with two strikeouts and a run. Then Slater would come in to pinch hit and then go play center and then go play left field. Uh, And he went one for two uh, with an RBI. Flores was DHing. He went three for four with two RBIs. Sable was in left. He went one for four with a strikeout. Then Johnson would come in to play center field, and he didn't get a chance to hit. Hanniger was in right. He went 0 for 3 with a strikeout and a walk. Bailey was catching. He went 1 for 4 with two strikeouts. Schmidt was at second. He went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. And Crawford was at shortstop. He went 0 for 3 with a strikeout, a walk, and a run. So 10 hits and 35 at bats, 11 strikeouts, and 4 walks. So Alexander would come out to get the last and slightly comical out of the eighth inning on a ground out to the pitcher, which he fell down as he was going to grab it and then managed to make the throw to first for the out, saving a run uh, from the ground. Uh, Duvall would come out for the ninth, pitching a one, two, three inning via strikeout, ground out, and ground out. The offense left 11 on base, went three for 13 with runners in scoring position. Flores, Yaz, and Wade Jr. hit doubles. The defense turned one double play. The Giants scored on an RBI single from Davis, a two RBI single from Flores, and an RBI single from Slater. So in this game, like I said, you had Cobb. He was the starter, 103 pitches in his seven and two thirds innings pitched. 58 splitters, 32 sinkers, 10 knuckle curves, and three sliders. His splitters were averaging 89 on the nose. His knuckle curves were averaging just shy of 83, 82.9. His sinkers were 94.5, and the three sliders averaged 86.3. As for the movement, most things are moving in toward a righty as far as lateral movement. Those knuckle curves had a lot of drop, almost a six-foot release point. Uh, as for his distribution across the strike zone, most of it kind of stays in and starting to come down to a righty. So if you like split the strike zone diagonally going up and into a righty and down and out from a righty. Most of his pitches stayed on the down and in portion. Uh, he threw 46 pitches in the strike zone, 57 of them out of the zone. Batters would swing at 48 of his pitches and take 55. Now, because he threw so many splitters, it looks almost like a 50-50 split between taking and swinging. They did take most of his knuckle curves, only swinging at one and an almost 50-50 split for his sinkers as well. 33 balls, most of which were splitters, 36 strikes, 20 of them called, 16 swinging. Of the 20 called, the majority were sinkers. The 16 swinging strikes, the majority of them were splitters. 34 uh, pitches were contacted with in some way, 14 foul tips, 15 hits for outs, and five base hits. For the five base hits, three splitters, Two sinkers. He got five hard hits one ground ball, two line drives, and two fly balls. Four of those hard hits were splitters, one was
1: a knuckle curve.
0: And then calling the balls and strikes on Saturday was Vic Carapazza. He has an overall accuracy of 94% and an overall consistency of 96%, with overall favor of plus 0.39 runs for San Francisco his impact from his calls bottom of the first bradish to yastrzemski one out runner on first one two count a ball is called a strike top of the seventh Cobb to santander no outs base is empty two one count ball is called a strike top of the third Cobb to hicks no outs base is empty one one count ball is called a strike His called ball accuracy was 98%. Two of 91 called balls were true strikes. And his called strike accuracy was 88%. Six of 51 called strikes were true balls. So that leads us into our final game, uh, which was shaping up like it could be a pretty good game. He had Dave Sclafani coming to start. But he didn't make it past three innings he had a 1-2-3 first inning and only had one runner on in the second inning due to a throwing error from davis in the third his struggles were out in the open for everyone to see at one point he threw eight straight called balls though looking at the locations on the sbn seven of them were very much borderline calls with three of those seven not even really borderline but being in the strike zone his final line was three innings pitched five hits six runs five of them earned three walks two strikeouts The lineup for the Giants, Wade Jr. at first, 0 for 3 with two strikeouts, a walk and a run. Davis at third, 2 for 3 with a walk. Flores DHing, 0 for 3 with a walk and a run and an RBI. Uh, Sable on left, 1 for 4 with two strikeouts, a run and two RBIs and a home run. Hanniger in right, 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Bailey catching, 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Schmidt in shortstop, 0 for 4 with one strikeout, one RBI. Wisely at second, one for three with a strikeout and an RBI.
1: Excuse me. Those are incorrect.
0: The RBIs are on Flores and Sable. Schmidt and Wisely did not have RBIs. Slater was in center. He went one for three with a strikeout. So that's five hits, 31 at-bats, 11 strikeouts, three walks, three runs, one home run. So with De Scolfani being pulled in after the third, Junis would come out for the fourth, fifth, and sixth innings. He'd get a one, two, three, fourth via ground out, strikeout, and ground out. In the fifth, he got two ground outs, gave up a single, but then got a strikeout. In the sixth, he gave up a leadoff home run, but then got a strikeout, a line out, gave up a double, and got a flyout. So one run. In the seventh, Walker came out and had a one, two, three inning via ground out and two strikeouts. In the eighth, Taylor Rogers made an appearance, getting a ground out, a strikeout, giving up a single, getting a strikeout. And then finally, Luke Jackson came out for the ninth, getting a ground out, then a fielding error by Wisely allowed the next batter to reach first. A flyout followed, and then an RBI triple. He would get a ground out to end the inning. In the bottom of the ninth with a five-run deficit, the Giants hitters went down in order, flyout, strikeout, pop-out. Giants offense left four on base and went 0-2 for with runners in scoring position. Flores was the only hitter to get opportunities with runners in scoring position. Davis hit a double, and Sable grounded into a double play. The defense earned three errors, one on Davis for throwing, one on Slater for throwing, and one on Wisely for fielding. The Giants scored on a Sable two-run homer and a Flores fielder's choice RBI. So Dave Scafani, he ended up throwing 68 pitches uh, in his three innings. So that's a lot just for three innings. That's what happens when you have a six inning like he did. Um, and that was 29 sliders, 19 sinkers, nine change-ups, seven knuckle curves, and four four-seam fastballs.
1: His changeups averaged 85.9.
0: His four seamers, 93.8. His knuckle curves, 82.8. And his sinkers, 93.2, with his sliders averaging 87.6. Knuckle curves obviously had the most drop. Sliders did not have much lateral movement. Changeups, four seamers, and sinkers had lateral movement toward the batter.
1: Strike zone, not much of an actual.
0: Uh, not much of an actual pattern there, really. But twenty-six pitches in the zone, forty-two out of the zone. Batters should swing at twenty-five and take forty-three. Eh it looks to be about an even distribution between swinging and taking when you look at the types of of pitches there's not much of a not, not much of a disparity there 28 balls 19 strikes 15 called for swinging Of the 15 called they were mainly sliders uh, batters made contact on 21 of his pitches nine foul tips six hits for outs six base hits The six base hits were three sliders, one four-seamer, one sinker, and one changeup. And two hard hit balls, a changeup for a ground ball, and a slider for a line drive. And then calling the balls and strikes was Jerry Lane. He has a 92% overall accuracy and a 91% overall consistency. Impact from his calls. Oh, he yeah, had an overall favor of plus 0.19 runs for Baltimore. Impact from his calls. Bottom of the fifth. Wells to Slater. One out. Runner on first. 0-2 count. Ball called a strike. Bottom of the ninth. Voth to Bailey. One out. Bases empty. 2-2 count. Ball called a to strike. Top of the ninth. Jackson to Santander. One out. Bases empty. 2-1 count. Ball called a strike. It's called ball like you're seeing 96%. Four of 105 called balls were true strikes. And his called strike accuracy, 84%. 10 of 62 called strikes were true balls. And them's the games.
1: Um, so
0: it's a pretty, pretty rough. Uh, home stand there going down two, two and four to the Pirates and the Orioles. Now, these weren't just, you know, struggling teams. The Pirates have come back down to to Earth a little bit, but they also have won five straight and the Orioles are not to be underestimated. But as stated before, the series drops the Giants twenty nine and 30, one game under 500, two and four on the home stand. They're now five and a half games back at the Diamondbacks and Dodgers, who share first place currently at 35 and 25 each. They are two games ahead of the Padres, who are 27 and 32, and four games ahead of the Rockies, who are 26 and 35, who we are about to go play Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. With regard to the wild card, the first spot is occupied by both the D-backs and Dodgers right now until one becomes the sole possessor of first in the West. The Pirates hold the second spot at 31 and 27. And the Marlins hold the third spot at 32 and 28. That puts the Giants two games out, with the Mets a half a game ahead of them at 30 and 30. The Padres and Phillies are the next two teams behind the Giants, each sitting at 27 and 32, two games back of the Giants. So, and I guess that's why Farhan pretty much said that they're going to be aggressive at the trade deadline coming up on August 1st. So we got just under two months to go. Now a couple of things to point out uh, with some of the trends and a lot of what I'm going to be taking is straight from an athletic article. One, Giants don't lose slugfests. We don't rally. They are 0-17 when their opponent scores at least seven runs. One, the fact that we've let opponents score more than seven runs, seven or more runs, 17 times. Oof. Two, we're 0-17 when we give up seven runs or more. Yikes. So we can't rally.
1: That's rough. And then
0: you, you look at some of the other things here. The bullpen has been looking pretty good. Taylor Rodgers has been scored on once in his past 18 appearances. Luke Jackson is looking good coming back. Uh, Ryan Walker is looking good. Tristan Beck uh, is returning. And then we've got Camilo Duvall, who has been phenomenal in
1: closing situations.
0: Uh, And then you look at some of the rookies that we've had. uh, Patrick Bailey and Casey Schmidt, they both went over for four Sunday. And now their averages are below 300. So the rookies are coming down because Schmidt will swing away and he likes to chase high. And over the past five games, Schmidt is only two for 19 with no walks and six strikeouts. Bailey is three for 19 with no walks and 10 strikeouts. The Giants lost four of those five games. And I wanted to look at our starting pitchers mostly. So looking at Webb, right? I'm looking at his baseball savant page right now. And since the start of April, he's only gone less than seven innings in one game. And that was a six-inning game against Miami in which he gave up no earned runs. And that was on May 20th. And he's only pitched less than six innings one time this year. And that was a five-inning, four-earned run showing against the White Sox back on April 5th. So it's almost been two months since he's had to go less than six innings. So Webb, as a pitcher, has done his job. And here here his earned run totals over the past few games. So going back to April, or excuse me, going back to May 3rd. 7.2 innings, two earned, seven innings, one earned, seven innings, one earned, six innings, no earned, seven innings, one earned, seven innings, three earned. Quality starts. Then you want to go back into April, April 27th, six and two thirds, two earned, and then April 22nd, Uh, seven innings, two earned. And the only problem here with all this being said is that Webb doesn't get the offensive support. And for somebody that's doing pitching like that, he's only got four wins to six losses. The ZRA is sitting at a 285 with a 1.04 whip, 82 strikeouts to 79 innings pitched. He has started 12 games and he sits at four and six. And he's got a, some good red here on his, MO, or his baseball savant. 88th percentile in chase rate, 88th percentile in walk rate, 85th percentile in extension. His strikeout rate, 69th percentile. His uh, expected ERA, um, 74th percentile. The only blue he's really got on here is fastball spin. Oh, well. Hard hit percentage, though, is what hurts, and the average exit velocity.
1: But, And then
0: you look at Alex Cobb. He's got a complete game shutout. And looking back over at some of his last starts, he hasn't had great starts in April. So he had a couple back-to-back, seven innings, no earned, 7.1, no earned. But then you come across a start against the Phillies on the 16th of May, three and a third innings, two earned, five hits. Can't remember exactly why he only went 3.1. Uh, and then May 23rd, seven innings, three earned. Then he had that start against the Brewers, four innings, seven earned. So this is a good bounce back from that start to this start, right? But overall, he is five and two with a 2.71 ERA, 1.32 WHIP, 64 strikeouts over 69 and two thirds innings pitched. So the offense is picking him up more than they are Webb. Now you come to De Scalfani, who had that one really bad outing against Washington, the seven innings with five runs in the first and now three innings with five earned runs, six total against Baltimore with all those runs coming in the third. I'm looking back over his April eight innings, no earned seven innings, five earned all in the first five innings, three earned 5.1 innings two earned five innings four earned seven total runs that was that last game against minnesota seven innings three earned but then three and six so hopefully he has a bounce back like cobb did after he had that rough outing but going if you look back at a lot of cobb's starts he doesn't six innings six and a third six and two thirds five six Eight, seven, five, five, one, five, seven, three. He regularly goes under six innings. He's got one, two, three, four, five out of 12 starts that are under six. And then one, two, three, four. So nine out of the 12 are under seven. And now we're really thin at starting pitching. All right, Wood is back on the IL. Stripling is still on the IL.
1: Manaya is in the bullpen. We recall Tristan Beck. And.
0: This is not the position the Giants really thought that they were going to be in at this point in the season when they were looking at all their moves in the offseason that they had made. They signed a couple of pitchers that have the potential to be starters if they can get back to really good form. They already had their main three, Webb, Cobb, and Dave Slafani. They had Wood as their fourth. So they really only needed one of the two pitchers that they signed to really hit well if they were gambling. Manaya is starting to come around, but it seems like it's better when he's coming in behind one inning pitched from Brevia. And another thing about Deiscafani 11 consecutive starts with five plus innings and two or fewer walks were tied for the third longest to start a season in the Giants San Francisco era. 270
1: ERA in April, 410 ERA in May.
0: When your offense is hot and cold, you really need the starters to be able to be stretched out to six, seven, sometimes eight innings, and give up less than three runs. You need quality starts to make up for the hot and cold offense. And right now, it's looking like it's starting to get a little bit harder, and the Giants may be able to start Webb and Cobb. During the uh, Rockies series, and they probably will. And I think last I saw, it was still to be announced for Game One tomorrow. But we do have some hitters coming back. I believe Peterson and Tyro Estrada, and uh, should be coming back. And I think the Giants may be looking to use Conforto more during this uh, Rockies series. So, you're getting some offensive support there. Uh, and that'll be most welcome, especially in, uh, course. So I'll see you Thursday afternoon or Friday morning after the Rocky series. Hope everybody has a good week.
1: Peace.